Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till Five. I'm Nikki and I'm joined by my co-host and wonderful human, Steph. Hello. And as you can hear, I've taken over the introduction today. It's been a little while, but I thought it's Spooktober. So I normally swoop in in Spooktober to do stuff because I love, I love scary stuff. Yeah, you are queen of spoops in this podcast. You deal with them a lot better than I do and you play them a lot better than I do. So. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a weird thing that I have. I just enjoy it. I need scariness in my life. Um, but yeah, how are you? I'm fine. Um, I'm trying to think again if there's anything happening. But once again, lockdown is shit. It's gone a bit backwards today. So I was going to say to you, Steph, do you have any news? And then I was going to do a little drop where I was going to go, boo, 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 Steph's news. But then that's not very good. So I don't even know why I did that. Oh, man. I wish I had some news to fill that in. Uh, what news have I heard recently? Cineworld is closing down. It yeah. is, yes. That's sad news. That is sad news. It also has what? nothing to do with podcast. No. <laughs> You're ruining my intro. <laughs> so sorry. This but is no. not like dealing with you coming in with random <laughs> shit when you're trying to put something forth in some kind of organized fashion. I now know how it feels. Yeah. But anyway, yes, we don't <laughs> we don't have any news. It's a boring day, but it's fine because yeah. we're we're gonna be talking about some spooky stuff. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about things that are a lot more exciting in about two minutes. Yeah. So today we are doing an episode on our top five scary moments in video games. And because of this, we are joined by a connoisseur of the spookiness. Uh, he joined us last Halloween and now he's back. We have Dan from Real Life Ghost Stories podcast with us today. Hello, Dan. How you do? <laughs> Good. Thank you again for joining us. It's been a year. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It doesn't seem like that long ago that we no. did it. But then also we've spent a lot of time well not with us together but we in general have spent a lot of time indoors and it therefore feels like the longest year ever as well i, I was about to time, say but... it's it, it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. like a year but it's been the weirdest year of our lives so <laughs> time is such a weird concept at the moment it either feels like it's been forever or no time at all i can't quite work out what day i'm on i don't know i don't know what's happening but no, I good. mean, it's a good way to live your life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very excited for today. Also, because we've recently done a uh, 24-hour spooky charity stream as well. Um, I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast, Dan, and if anyone that obviously hasn't been here before doesn't know you, but also maybe we could talk about the charity stream as well, because I know that the, the charity link and everything is still up. Yeah, so I do a podcast with my wife, which is called Real Life Ghost Stories, where we re well we no i don't do anything i i, I turn up and i talk uh, my wife does the research and does some tells me some awesome stories and it normally ends up in me being spooked and having some crazy theories of my own um but we've also sort of tied in with that i've done we've i've we've done a 24-hour charity stream for the charity called the campaign against living miserably which is known as calm which is the acronym and they do some great work in suicide prevention and basically for that i've been playing a different horror game every day since the start of October and I'm going to play 31 in total although I might have to double up a couple of days because I'm not quite here at the end of October <laughs> it's quite a feat though to like yeah. go through that many games and horror games too if it was like point and click games I'd have a great time but <laughs> horror yeah games I think I think you need like a week off in November after that just to have like a sit down because Honestly, I think I would be very traumatized because there's going to be a lot of spooky moments for you, which is great because obviously. I think because we, 
watch a spooky movie each week for our podcast and I'm playing all the horror games and I'm watching other people streaming horror games and I'm reading horror books at the moment as well. I'm not even sure I'm awake sometimes. Sometimes I just, I'm, I'm very concerned that I'm actually living through some nightmare that I'm not actually aware of and I'm thinking I'm dreaming just because I'm so confused about what's going on. But yeah, it's a lot of horror. Do you think you're becoming immune to any of it at all or is it just getting worse? See, you know, I'm a massive wuss. So anybody that's seen me stream or listen to the podcast will know this. The problem is... I'm getting to the point now where I'm just jumping so much. I'm not actually remembering what's caused me to jump. So when you asked me to think about the scariest moments in video games, I was like, oh my word, there's been so many. I can't yeah. actually recall um, any. So I've, I've gone with ones that have stuck with me for this. It's it's a tough one to think about. I really had to like dig deep in my brain because I, I try and play a lot as well. Not as many as you definitely in a short space of time. But um, I think, yeah, it's just trying to remember the ones that have stuck in your brain enough that you're obviously the, the nightmares are still happening yeah, <laughs> yeah. and just checking that you it is a game you're playing and there's not really a scary doll walking across the room towards you well that yeah my big fear it would be good <laughs> if there wasn't <laughs> that'd be nice <laughs> all right cool so should we pay the top five drop and get into it what are you buying how about a game of lucky hit Still dancing all the way through that. <laughs> Stops. You think, oh, I'm done with that song now. And then here we go, it comes back. It's going to stay forever. So I will go first this week. Um, it's worth mentioning that me and Steph are splitting our number five, again, like we did last time. So I have two, she has two, and then we have a joint number one. And Dan will have five. But also it's worth mentioning as well that we may get a crossover. And if we do, this lovely bloke chimes in. Oh! And just tells us that we fucked up. So my number five, without further ado, is a bit of a weird one. It's not one that I thought would be on my list, but it is a game that I finished recently. And I know that I don't think either of you have finished it. I don't think Steph, you've played it yet. And there's no spoilers, so don't worry about this. But it was a boss fight in Last of Us 2. And oh. the monster is called the Rat King, which sounds terrifying. Oh, no. Rat King. So I'll, I'll sort of take you into the scene of it all and the, and the moment that kind of freaked me out. Again, I said no spoilers or anything, so don't worry about that. It's more just like the atmosphere and kind of a general thing. It's it's not even like a part of the story. It's just a thing that happens. So you're in like a creepy car park and you're looking for, for something, an item for, for the mission. And uh, you go into like a broken down ambulance where you find the thing that you want. And obviously in a broken down ambulance, you don't really have an escape because I think the front of it was kind of like smashed into a wall. Anyway, you start hearing these weird fucking noises, like deep, like growling, monstrous noises. And at that point, you're already, you're already like a little bit unnerved because you're like, one, I don't recognize what that is. That doesn't sound like a bloater. And so you're unnerved. You're already like, fuck this shit. And then uh, then he, he comes in. <laughs> he brings up like he's massive as well, by the way, fucking huge, bigger than any other zombie I've ever seen. And you have a chase and that whole chase I've never felt so like vulnerable in a video game. Like I felt truly horrified because, you know, like a lot of doors are shut. You can't get through. You really have to do the the QT, whatever they're called, QTE sort of 
button pressing to get through and it's just a tense moment and then it brings you to like a, a boss fight and you've also got to run around and you can't go anywhere near him but you have to shoot him from afar and it sounds weird to almost say like a boss fight is a scary moment but it's just horrible the whole thing is just horrible and i haven't been able to forget it <laughs> sometimes bosses are quite scary when you initially see them to be fair yeah i think it was the, it was the build-up they did it really well and also being this kind of monstrous thing you've never seen you know you get quite used to seeing a lot of the enemies in in last of us like the clickers and the bloaters and and the new creepy one the shamblers or the shamblers or however i like to call them yeah, i was trying when you were talking i was trying to remember which one was which because i get so confused by them like i know the clickers obviously yes. and the, the runners but then the two chub chubby boys i could never remember which is which mm. um there's the bloater oh yeah the oh, to be honest they're quite similar there's the ones that like blow up and they cover you with, like radiation i think they're the oh is that like what? a boomer from yeah and I've then heard. i think actually the shamblers are the quick ones have you have you run into them yet dan they're the ones that are really sneaky oh okay maybe i don't know i don't know what i've, I've just seen so many horrifying things in that game <laughs> like, i can't remember which is which i know there's one that when you sh mm. shoot it, it spits out something when it dies so, which is really helpful it's a good job you said that because you almost end that they all blend into one which is basically what the rat king is so the rat king is an amalgamation of all infected oh my oh. word um so he's a big blob of all of them oh sneaky shambly explodey man yeah it's fucking horrible there's all multiple heads everywhere and sometimes when you're fighting him the intertwined infected break off from the larger mass and then they just start attacking you as like an individual person but he also is sometimes as stealthy as a, as a stalker so that's what they're called the stalkers they're the really stealthy ones but also right. is as strong as a bloater he's stronger because he smashes through walls um yeah horrible horrible bloke um I do have this is the only really one I have facts of or like some information on because obviously it's like a character. Again, no spoilers, but apparently interesting about the Rat King is he's made up of apparently some of the first people to ever be infected in Seattle. So it, basically he became that after like 25 years. So he's getting on a bit and he's probably the most advanced infected, which is which is pretty uh, cool. Cool, but <laughs> terrifying. <Yeah. laughs> And uh, apparently the other thing that really freaked me out is the Rat King is actually based on a real life phenomenon, which is where basically numerous rats are found constrained together because their tails intertwined or are bound together. And I mean, I say that's quite interesting. It's actually really disturbing, but um, apparently they're not really seen this, this, uh, this phenomenon, but it's um, yeah, a bit weird. So I guess they become like a big blob. So look forward to that, you guys, when you play this and finish it. That's the stuff of nightmares for me. That's that real life fact about rats. I know it and I hate rats. Yeah. I, and that just, ugh. That seems like just the worst thing to find, especially if you, because you're going to find it in a sewer, right? Like that's the only place you're going to find that blob. It's just not going to be good. No. Thankfully, I'm not in too many sewers. I don't know about you two, but. <laughs> oh, I'm there like every weekend. That's, <laughs> I'm there right now. Um, <laughs> I always forget, to be fair, with last of us that it's kind of horror because the narrative is such a big part of it and it just feels like a story game but it's actually like a horror story oh God, i don't know yeah. what it is about it. it definitely reminds you of that in moments like that i was reading an article about how streaming has killed horror games oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and the premise was not that it, it wasn't the streamers spoiling the um 
the jump scares and that, but it was actually about the idea that, that developers are now just making games that are about jump scares and so you're not getting the stories. And I think that as a result of that, you know, story games like Last of Us get overlooked in the horror genre because they've actually got a story yeah, that's um, good and developed. And atmosphere as well. Like for yeah. me, the atmosphere is the most important thing. And I think that's why they nailed that scene was because it wasn't just the scary boss fight where it kind of makes you jump every now and again. It was it was the build up which was affecting me. And I think, yeah, I completely agree. I do think a lot of horror games are about the jump scares now. And I, I do think that's almost a little bit cheap in a way. I think I think there needs to be both. There needs to be there can be jump scares, but there needs to be like a bit more as well to really kind of like get you in a absolutely terrified state. I'm not saying that I want to be like that, but you know. Yeah. As someone that does their streaming solely so people can see me jump, I'm great. I'm great. I'm very grateful that those kind of <laughs> games exist, <laughs> because otherwise yeah. I'd, I'd have nobody watching me. So um, that is that is useful. The thing that Last of Us does really well, I think, particularly Last of Us Two, is that chase, that threat of the chase, because it mm. does it really early on when you're first Abby yes. and you're running in the snow, and then you have that moment where you're suddenly there's a horde and you've got to run away from the horde. That chase scene is incredible oh, it's so clever it was it was amazing like it basically like almost guides you with the enemy like where to go and yeah oh i love that that was a great scene um yeah that's it that's my number five so dan i guess we're on to your number five okay so i've chosen my top five have been things that i've remembered or things that have had a more lasting impact on me because like i say i jump at everything that you put in i must be a developer's dream i think because every possible jump scare they put in even those that aren't a jump at, which I guess is what you're aiming for when you're putting jump scares in. Um, my number five comes from the game Until Dawn. Ooh. Now this one, you may have a jump scare in Until Dawn, but you definitely haven't got this one because it is entirely my own stupidity that it was a jump scare for me. <laughs> but there is, um, this might be slight spoilers. I'm sorry if it is, but I guess it depends on the choices you make moving through the game. But there's a, a moment where you're playing one of the female characters and you're in the mines and you can hear this character screaming for help and she's in the trapdoor and there's a well, there's a trapdoor in front of you funnily enough and you go to open the trapdoor and then when you open the trapdoor it's not what you think it is it's a wendigo however mm. when i was playing this as i was walking I, was, I think i was streaming actually i was walking towards it and i was like now if i remember anything from real life ghost stories wendigos are really good mimics and I was literally talking myself through the jump scare that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> However, didn't actually pay attention to any of my words. And when I opened the trap door and this thing came out instead of what, instead of the woman that it was supposed to be, it actually physically made me jump and I had to pause the game for a bit and just recompose myself. <laughs> so I don't think it should have been the jump scare quite as bad as it was, but it had a massive impact on me mainly because I'm stupid. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, I would have forgotten about the mimic thing and so I probably would have jumped as well because if you aren't like fully aware you are just going to go and touch up thinking you're going to save a girl so I think I think you're fair in that in that I reckon that probably did get a few others I think the worst thing is that I was verbally talking about the fact that Wendigo's mimic about a minute before I opened the trap door in the game yeah. so it wasn't it was like <laughs> I definitely hadn't forgotten in fact I'd worked it out but it still scared the crap out of me so <laughs> I think as well though like I do it all the time if I'm watching movies and you can tell when a jump scare is coming especially in like a film and you say right there's going to be a jump scare any minute it's going to happen and you're trying to tell yourself not to jump because you know it's going to happen and yet every time you jump 
Like, yep. it's unavoidable. So I still think it's fair. Like, in games especially, you're like, I know this is going to make me jump. I know something's going to come out of here. And then it does, and you're like, well, shit, what just happened? <laughs> Emma laughs at me like uh, about that during the movies because I do it all the time. And I'm like, oh, this is going to happen. And sometimes I'll call the jump scare, like, exactly how it's supposed to come. So when we're watching a really bad movie and it's very, very obviously signposted exactly what the jump scare is going to be, I'll call it verbally and then still jump when it happens. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to know what would happen if like, you hadn't called it and you weren't aware and how then you'd respond. Cause oh, yeah, don't. It's, it's almost like you're lulling yourself into a safer space than what you would have been if not. But Yeah. yeah. I think this game is actually really good for jump scares all the way through. Um, there's loads of moments that I could have chosen for this just because I think it's... You, it's one of those games that you get quite involved in the storyline for obvious reasons because that's kind of the point of it. But there's lots of twists and turns all the way through it that yeah. make you jump. And funnily I enough, think it's um, something that Supermassive do really well in those yeah, games. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, funnily enough, I never actually played this game. I only ever watched you stream it. So that's been my only experience. <laughs> but I, I do really want to. It's something that I might stream in the future potentially. Steph, have you ever played it? No, I've never played it. I've always wanted to. I. Uh, it seems like it would be a good game as well to play in like a room of people if that makes sense yeah. playing out like yeah. a movie i think we once tried the other one that they did where you could do that where it was like voting on your phone i think it's man and madame maybe uh, um is it because no. you can play co-op like in room co-op. yeah room i think madame. i think so also it was wasn't quite that one it was more like so you didn't one person had the controller but the rest of you could join in on your phone oh, and wow. like vote for certain decisions and one of you, it's kind of a bit like Among Us. I think one of you were trying to sabotage the conversation every time. And like, if you've managed to succeed in convincing everybody to pick the wrong option, like you got points. I really can't remember what it was called. I'm going to have to find, like Google it. But it was it was really interesting. I don't know how spooky it was, but it was in the same kind of vein as, as those games. I think it was made by the same people, Supermassive. Yeah, it's an, in it's an interesting concept. And yeah, I think they did bring that forward in, in Man of Medan. Um, but yeah, it's, def it's definitely one of those kind of games where it's nice to feel like you're with some people. Um, also, just because it is quite scary. Yeah, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much playing it on my own. I felt mm. like I, streaming it was part of the experience for me, which I, I probably is not what Supermassive want here. But I feel <laughs> like I got more out of it by having the stream going on. That may have been for my own sanity because I know how into these things I get and how scared I get. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, but there's other people. <laughs> I much, I do actually prefer streaming horror games than playing by myself, like because you don't feel like you're on your own, like it. Which I know maybe that's a bit cheating because in some ways you're comforted by by having other people there. But I just prefer it because then everyone's there for the experience, I guess. Um, yeah, and yeah, you don't feel as alone, so you're not scared. I'm totally with you guys. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to play. I can't play like horror games by myself. But the idea of playing them like streaming doesn't worry me so much again for the same reason i think just other people around to comfort you a little bit um and the game i was talking about was called hidden agenda okay i've seen that in the horror store i think yeah so it is kind of got a creepy vibe to it like i said same people so it makes sense that it's got horror stuff but it's interesting oh okay this is maybe one for the future mm. definitely add that to the list i am actually <laughs> going to play until dawn again on stream guys by the way on the 28th nice. of october awesome so if you want to see it again <laughs> yeah i've not watched Ooh. it so i will definitely watch it yeah i might i probably would as well to be fair it's very entertaining and there's so many options and choices and stuff different endings so yeah that was my number five as silly as it was <laughs> <laughs> that's good 
That's okay. That's I'm probably going to do a silly number four now again. This is probably a more well. No, this isn't probably more. This is definitely a personal like jump over something they've deliberately almost put in the game. So this is from Resident Evil Four, and um, I've gone. I don't know what to, quite the name. I can never quite pronounce it. Is it Granado? Granados is the like. Not quite zombie people in Resident Evil yeah. 4. Yeah, I think um, something like that. It's Ganado in a shed. Um, and I will spin you a tale about this. I know this, the bit you mean. This, this occasion. <laughs> so, uh, playing Resident Evil 4 with Nikki, actually, in her loft room in the dark on GameCube, I want to say. Yeah, um, maybe like circa 2007. Yeah, maybe. Some, I think a little bit later, but around that time. Anyway, we were playing it. We felt like we, it was going well. We were just wandering along. I think in the village area, it's like the first area that you're at and you're kind of outside um, and just wandering around. And I think it's we'd just been attacked by the chainsaw guy. So you'd gone through this whole dramatic thing and you'd think probably that the, the thing should come from the chainsaw guy. Like that's where the jump scare is. It wasn't. Jump, like chainsaw guy was creepy, but he was okay. We smushed him. Um... And then we were off just like down the road to the next area and thinking like, okay, we've gotten through this section. We're all fine. And then we see the shed and we're like, great shed. It's going to have some good stuff in it. Maybe some health herbs, (laughs) some ammos. Wander off we go into the shed. And then the moment we go in there, there's just like Grado jumps out at us. Nikki, who was playing at the time, lets go of the controller turns around because I'm sat behind her, jumps into my arms. (laughs) We both kind of scream. And then we just turn the game off and never played it again. Like that's, I feel like the epitome of playing that game. Like we got through so much and then just one, one guy in a shed couldn't deal with him. I'd like to say, yeah, I'd like to say that I wasn't jumping into your arms. It was such a shock that I threw the controller and sort of dived backwards um but i wasn't I, I was i was being brave okay i just didn't i didn't want to look at the screen anymore i like the idea that you played this game got to this point and then just like sat in the dark cuddling each other for like an hour to recover <laughs> i think we did i think we just built something nice on youtube like some puppies or something and just sat there for a bit in silence it was a lot yeah yeah um that do you know what though that is i think that perfectly is a perfect example of what makes a great jump scare just in in general is that you've gone from a really high intensity moment because that chainsaw guy is high intensity and is a bit jumpy to start with but you you feel through the words and it's that it's something happening that you're not expecting and i think that works really well in games and in movies when you've gone from a real bit of high intensity your body reacts to thinking that it's over and then there's no cue there's no like musical cue or anything like that there's something's happening and you walk in expecting one thing and then there's just a dude in the shed. And actually, he's really easy to dispatch with. He's nothing on the scale of the chainsaw guy. It's yeah. just that you weren't expecting it. Yeah, exactly that. It's just like super false sense of security there. Like, oh, I'm safe now. It's fine. I can just relax. Amazing. But yeah, I had um, Resident Evil 4 as one of my honourable mentions and the reason it didn't make it into my top five was because I couldn't pick a moment where I jumped. <laughs> I couldn't narrow it down to one moment so I was like, I can't put this in because it's literally the whole game. Um, I think this was the first sort of... I think as I said last time, I, I'm pretty, I was pretty anti-Resident Evil 
because my experience of it was Resident Evil 2 on PlayStation 1. I really struggled with the cameras. Um, and so I just kind of avoided it because I just didn't think it was my kind of game. And it didn't bother me with Silent Hill for some reason, but it did with Resident Evil. I just couldn't get into them. And this was the first one I sort of sat down and played and literally all the way through it, I was just jumping. And I really wanted to choose. There's apparently, I there is a moment where, you know, did you get to the point where you fight the lake monster at all? I don't think we did, but I feel like I watched... Did you do it on your stream? Yeah. I watched that you do. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> so, I think I watched that. Me and Steph so, are still at the shed at this point. So yeah, yeah. when you think that I've seen it, it's probably <laughs> you playing it. We're still shed based. <laughs> So we, uh, obviously I was playing it on stream, so they told me that the late monster was current, coming up, but apparently there's an inbuilt trophy, which is like a, a known trick that if you, someone's playing it for the first time, you tell them to shoot the fish in the, in the mm. river as you first, uh, in the lake when you first encounter it and you'd say like, oh, you, you know, it gives you extra health or something like that. And as they're shooting the fish, they, it's built in so that the lake monster actually comes out of the lake and eats you at that point. So you've got no sort of premise that is coming at all. You're just shooting fish thinking you're going to get some kind of reward. Oh, and the lake monster comes and eats you and it ends the game. <laughs> I didn't experience that because my stream were very nice to me and gave me plenty of warning that it was coming up. So, but I was just like, that would have been a great jump scare if I'd have experienced it, but I didn't. That's so <laughs> mean, but so clever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is a good, definitely a good, good, good game for jump scares. Nice, mm. yeah. It just it feels like there's a lot of those little things in there where you just think, oh, this is fine, and then it's not. Um, I I have a couple of uh, facts for this, and they're kind of related to those guys. Um, so one of them was for like any instances of decapitation were strictly removed from the Japanese release, which to me didn't make much sense because the whole point is that you have to shoot off their heads right yeah like otherwise you can't do it so i don't quite know how they did it in the japanese release or this is just a terrible fact and it's not true i didn't actually check any of these so i mean that changes the dynamics of the game quite a bit yeah unless they just unless it just registered the headshots but didn't actually take the head off maybe yeah maybe like if it just produces the like wormy things that's fine it just can't just be a human with no head i'm not sure it's difficult. Um, and then the other one I found was just that if you attempt to look up Ashley's skirt at any time, she will exclaim, "Ugh, you pervert!" or "Hey, <laughs> what are you looking at?" and cover herself. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that happened by accident to me on stream. I think when because <laughs> there's a point where you have to lift you lift her up, and I think the natural camera direction is to go that way, and then she kind of gives some kind of but. I resented Ashley all the way through this game because I have enough trouble keeping myself alive on these kind of games. So having to keep someone that's uh, having to keep an AI alive at the same time is really annoying. So every moment that she got kidnapped in the game, I was like, oh. <laughs> lovely. I can relax. All the moments where I could put her in a bin and leave her to one side, deal with the enemies and then come back and get her were amazing. Yeah, I, I find with stuff like this, sometimes if I have to protect something, I can't even think of any game to mind, but if I have to ch protect like a small child or something that I do actually like, I mean, for example, I know you don't really protect Ellie when she's young in the first Last of Us, but I feel like if I like the character and maybe they're quite vulnerable, um, I will definitely want to keep them alive and it won't stress me out too much in the sense of like, oh, I hate them, just get rid of them. But if you don't like them, then it just becomes the most annoying thing in the world, like Ashley. I get that, like, obviously she wasn't, but she, she became like a kid, like an annoying kid sister to me in the game. I was just like, 
You are spoiling my gun fun. Get out of the way. I can't deal with you. You're not helping. You're just a, no- a nuisance. Go away. I know you're the president's daughter, but <laughs> get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's stupid AI as well. Like you're fine looking, like you said, Ellie's fine because she basically looks after herself. You don't have yeah. to protect her at all. But then you have, like you said, stupid AIs just wandering into like really dangerous situations or in front of a gun being like, oh no, I'm being attacked. You're like, you're literally in the way. <laughs> like, of course you're being attacked. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my, that's my number, our number four, I guess. Resident Evil 4. 4 for 4. Nice. My number 4 is actually one that I've experienced again for the second time on my 31 Games of Terror streaming experience. I actually streamed this last year when I tried to do it and failed miserably because I was doing it cross-console and not able to stream as much. Uh, And that is Outlast Whistleblower. Now... I've played Outlast Whistleblower, which is like the prequel, and I played Outlast, the first Outlast, and there are numerous moments that <laughs> made me crap myself in these games. But it was the, there's, right at the start of Outlast Whistleblower, you encounter some, when you're first sort of escaping from the experiments, you encounter some guys that look like the Toxic Avenger, if you know that reference, and they're operating on someone, and you think they're a threat, and they, they turn out not to be. So you just like they end up giving you some harsh warnings and they're actually cutting. They're actually mutilating a body in front of you, which is not like nice, um, but they're no threat to you. So you kind of just move through and you, you know, get on with the game and these people don't cause you any threat. And then you get out into the corridor and there's one of these people sitting on the bench. So your mind is saying, right, okay, he's obviously not a threat because he looks exactly like the others. So you walk past him and literally as you walk past him, he jumps up, yells at you and starts to chase you. (laughs) And I remember it scaring the crap out of me the first time I played it last year. And then I played it again on the stream and completely forgot about it. It fell for the same (laughs) trap and it scared the crap out of me again. So I was like, this one has to go in the list because it's again, it's that moment where you just think you're you're scared when you first Mm -hmm. walk into the room and you see all these people and they're slashing this body up because you're like, right, they're going to be a threat to you. And then they turn out not to be. So you, you sort of relax a little bit and it's again it's that false relaxation go around the corner no indications from the music that it's going to happen it's a loud noise and then you're suddenly getting chased and it's the first time you get chased in the game and it's just like no can't deal with this off you go and yeah so i had to have that one in but there are plenty of potential (laughs) candidates in outlast whistleblower and the first outlast that could have gone in here because it's built for those jump scares i think when you're just not expecting something to happen and then it does or a naked man just appears in your <laughs> night vision, which I mean in itself is scary, but just when you're not expecting it as well. And it, it's always accompanied by really good music or sound, mm-hmm. which sort of uh, increases the jump scare. So I could have cho- chosen many, many moments in this, but that's the one I went for because I think it was one of those, me being a jumpy person and and also the fact that I completely forgot about it in the space of a year. So it had the same effect the second time around. <laughs> yeah. That's so me, like just being like, oh look at this character. He's fine. You can you can see these guys. And then no, not this one. Mm, it and really it's... is that false sense of security again. Like um when I was playing Outlast 2 not long ago, I was, I was streaming it. I think you were there for some of it. I don't know if you were here for this bit, but I was walking around like a little village and and everyone else around the village wasn't like taking any notice of me. They were all sat outside their houses. I mean they were weirdos, they were absolute like oddballs. Um but they weren't attacking me, they were all good. They were just like chilling with their guitars, being all deliverance. And and I was I thought everything was fine. I went up to this like house 
Um, and I saw this family in there and I was like, oh, they're like, they'll be okay. And I'm like knocking on the door and the guy opens the door and he just shoves an ax into my head. And it was just took me back so much because I was like, I thought I was fine. And it really is that moment of just like, hey, look, no one else is attacking you. Like, why should they? And then suddenly like, bam, you're yeah. dead. Absolutely. And it happens so many times. I do actually remember that from your stream. And the the thing is as well, it's just, if you looked at it, out of context nothing about the entire game is fine <laughs> like <laughs> no, nothing is it's fine. all it's all wrong and it's all scary and it's all weird it's just in that moment they're not doing anything weird to you so they are weird they're doing things they shouldn't be doing but it's not directed at you and then it just changes like that which i think is so brilliant about them yeah for sure it seems i like from what i've seen about last because i've not really played any of them it feels very much like the horror movies that are about crazy people rather than like demons and stuff just being evil and it plays on that whole of like some are fine and they're crazy but they're just not that kind of crazy right now but then like instantly they'll change and become yeah. horrible things and like yeah it's just that whole and that freaks me out so much more i always think with especially like movies and stuff if it's just crazy people versus demons for me like it's, yeah, it's a fascinating concept to have that in a game because normally you don't ever have ones that are weird but just that are actually all right and to have that it creates this new dynamic doesn't it because you're like well who's not going to attack me who is going to attack me and so you end up going to like a guy who sat on a bench thinking that he's all right when he's not it creates this sort of new level of uncertainty it's, it's very clever yeah and it's like there's another moment as well where you're looking for a window and then suddenly this guy just smashes himself against the the door and obviously makes you jump but then you realize that he's actually just literally just smashing himself against the wall so it's like some kind of, and then you and in any normal circumstance you'd be like that's not all right he needs help but you're just because it's again it's because it's not a threat on you you're like oh that's fine he's just he's just hitting his head against the glass we can deal with that off we go and you move on and it's just the little moments like that just messes with your head i think yeah but it's a good game and I recommend it. And it's it's really good if you like running away from things in games because it's kind of the whole point. Mm. I have to ask, actually, are you going to play Outlast 2 on your 31 It's in the pot. Nice. So yeah, I'm playing them in order. So I've just got Outlast written on a piece of paper. So every time I draw it out, I'll play the next game. Cool. So I've done Whistleblower. So the next one will be the first one. And then if I get the sec if I get it for a second time, it'll be the second one. But I've actually got 40 games in there. So I don't know whether mm. it will come out. Yeah. Nice. So that, that's my number four. I've not got any facts for, for any of mine, really, unfortunately, because I feel like you might have already fact them out at some point. Um, yeah, so I haven't got any facts. It's also um, hard for facts and moment moment facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't have any facts for my next one, which is my number three, if I'm correct. Yes. Yes. So my number three is the Witch's House from the Blair Witch game. Now, I think Steph was here for my stream that I did for this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, I watched pretty much all of your Blair Witch and streams. And Dan, you played some of the Blair Witch, but did you continue with it after you got stuck in the I forest? Because I got very annoyed with the game and it was super scary and it made me jump loads. <laughs> but I just got to the point where I was really frustrated at the point where I nearly launched the disc out of the window. So I thought I might stop yeah. with this. And so I have. <laughs> so my, my stream glitched as well. Like my game glitched. I got stuck in the forest full of like ghosts and like foggy forest where I was just meant to be following something. And so I got very frustrated and I nearly wanted to throw the game out the window as well. But if you persevere with it and accept that shitty glitch and probably restart your PlayStation, 
you do end up getting to this horrifying place, which is the witch's house, which I mean, if I mean Blair Witch, as most people know, is set it's set two years after the events of the the nineteen ninety nine film, Blair Witch Project, obviously. Uh so you and you're basically a guy with a dog. But anyway, that's all irrelevant. At some point in the game, towards the end, you end up in the witch's house. And this is the same witch's house from like the movie, the same absolutely terrifying, decrepit old house. And for some reason, I even since a kid, like since watching the Low Witch Project, which actually I probably shouldn't have been watching as a kid, but it's the worst place. It's the place where like they find the people in the basement, like looking at the walls. Hate it. Hated it anyway. As soon as this game put me in this house, I felt instant anxiety. I wanted to just nope out of that. The house is terrifying, but it's kind of what follows that really got me. And so you're walking around the house, you're already like uncomfortable and you know, you start to hear weird noises. It's creaky. The the house then starts to trick you. You go through like a a door and then suddenly everything behind you is different. And now you're very aware that you, you can't get out. And for me, the atmosphere at this point just had me like on edge. I just, I wanted to cry (laughs) fully. (laughs) I was done. I was like, I can't be in here. The game had already whittled me down because I'm pretty sure I played this game in like one sitting, if I'm not correct. Yeah, which like one or like maybe two at the most, you really like just blasted through all of it. At least my last part, I think maybe I did it in two parts. And the second part was the worst because that was when I felt like I was just done. Like I wasn't a person anymore. This game <laughs> had just taken everything from me <laughs> with the whole thing that happens with the dog and, and everything. I'm not giving you any spoilers. The dog could be fine. The dog could not be fine. I'm not going to tell you. But I was I was a, a shell of a human, which is probably how the Blair Witch wants you to feel. So now I was in a house. I was walking around, just trying to live my life. And you're walking down a corridor, and you see like a window, a glass window, and you're slowly, slowly walking. And then you see something weird through this glass window in the other corridor. Like it looks like a person, but not really a person. I mean, it looks like a fucking witch. It's terrifying. And so you kind of look over, and you're like, okay. That's quite far away. It's all good. I'm just going to have a little peek. And then she fucking charges at you and she tries to grab you with her weird fucking hands. And it all happens really quickly uh, to the point where like once it's happened, you're not quite there because uh, she looks terrifying. Her hands are all fucking mangled. You're aware it's probably the witch. And then it's just over and then you're just stood there like, oh, so the jump scare in itself is terrifying. But just the way that you're feeling in that moment you're just done. You're just, you're just, you just want to know part of that shit. That's it, to be honest. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Because the witch's house is terrifying in general in the mm-hmm. film. I never yeah. got there because I got frustrated. I always seemed to spend a long time working on trains in the forest, like <laughs> mining carts and stuff like that. But that is that game is an example of a companion you don't mind having. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. he serves a purpose and he helps you and he barks and lets you know stuff's going wrong and you can make him look for things and you feel a little bit safe with him. Whereas the lady whose name I've forgotten in Resident Evil 4, Ashley, is just an annoyance. <laughs> yeah. I loved that dog. Like, I wanted to protect that dog with my life. I didn't care about me. It was just about the dog. Um, and that, yeah, that, that was a great companion. But yeah, I just I just think that the state this game gets you in anyway, uh, especially by having a, a companion dog, because you're already, like, concerned about someone else. It's just it's a it's tough. And there's another part in the in the witch's house as well. It's not really a spoiler, but there's there's a point where there's monsters in in the house. Well, I say monsters. They probably kind of look like people. But there's a part where you 
you have to basically put your head down so you're looking at the floor because you can't look at them because if you look at them you'll die and so you have to basically spend a lot of time wandering around the house with your head to the ground and honestly that is fucking terrifying i know that's the whole thing with the blair witch because a lot of the time like they always have their heads down right like when they're dead or when they've been taken and uh i've never realized how scary it is to to be walking around but then not have that vision in front of you and just see your feet because you could be walking into anything that also creates this horrible horrible thing man this game is just fucked i, don't, I can't even say any more about it it was it was scary watching it to be fair and i i get what you mean about the house it's like not only is it a creepy house anyway but i feel like being in houses in horror things feels so much worse because it's like you've got a very limited run area and you're like well this is their territory i can't just yeah. stumble across a nice road and keep running like you're in a very confined area and you're like if i go into the wrong room then i can't go anywhere i'm gonna be stuck yeah it's just i don't know what it is about being in houses but it's so creepy. it causes a lot of claustrophobia i think because yeah you're saying you can't you can't escape like they have yeah. like control of you now and it's like the epicenter of it all and i'm freaked out by the blair witch as it is um she freaks me out any kind of foresty witchy demon just just gets me i, I don't know why i think if you want to recover your fear of the blair witch watch the sequel not so not the one that was made in like the 2000s but the immediate sequel um it's called like the i book did of and something. it scared me it scared Wait, no, you okay of, i was just gonna say that let, that let me check destroyed this. the blair witch for me <laughs> <laughs> I think I am. Oh, the 2016 film. Is no, not the, the 2016 mean? film. There's there's one in uh, between. So there's the 2016 film was scary. I'll give you that. Okay, there's good. One in That's between. the one I thought. Okay. No, no. There's one like there's an immediate sequel which is not spoken about too much because it is terrible. Um, if you want to like lose a little bit of the shine that is the scariness around the blur, which watch that one because it will just bore you. Oh, <laughs> because mm, maybe this isn't scary, uh, but I can't remember what it's called. It's like. I think it's called the Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, is that the one you've seen? I've just googled it, and to be honest oh, with okay. you, I um I do think it would scare me because I have such a, a rational fear of the Blair Witch that I'm worried even that's going to freak me out. But I'll give it a I'm, go. It, it depends what you feel about like whether bad acting distracts you or <laughs> whether <laughs> you know plot holes and stuff like that don't quite work. It's it's not a good it's not a good film. The 2016 one I'll give you that is scary. Yeah. So if that scared you, I'm not surprised because that, that they did a good job with that. But that is that one in the middle that's um, that might help you on that one. I'll give it a go. <laughs> and if I'm terrified of it and I have nightmares, I fully blame you. I mean, yeah, watch it in the daytime with the curtains open, you'll be fine. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's my that's my number something three. and yes three and yeah. I recommend the Blair Witch game, but it is a bit glitchy and a bit messed up at points. But I enjoyed it to the point where I got so turned around and so messed up that I was just like, I, I don't. And part of it is like when you when those glitches happen when you're on stream and your people, your the people that are watching you have seen you walk around the same bit of forest four times. Mm it kind of adds to your frustration. I'm pretty sure if I was playing it on my own, I probably would have just stopped it and restarted it. But it was just, it's more the fact that I was doing it on stream. I was just like, okay, I've had enough of this now. I'm sure you have yeah. as well. So yeah. we're just going to leave it. And I left it. But it has got some really good jump scares in it. And I like the premise of it as well. And having the dog and the flashbacks and all that kind of thing, it is good. It, it was a good game. And I think for me, although I'm saying that the witch's house was absolutely terrifying and it was horrible, to me, that was actually the best part of the game because of the, the way that it created this atmosphere and the way it made you so scared. Like everything else was a little bit trippy at points and a little bit surreal and I wasn't always quite there, but I think 
the whole thing is an experience. I, I would say it's a pretty good game. It's a stand-up horror game, I'd say. It does a few things that others don't. So. I agree. I concur. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so that means we're on to your number three, I think. Yep. So my number three, I definitely spoke about this the last time I was on. But it comes from Dead Space. Oh, yeah. Is that a clash with anybody? No, you're all safe. Okay, yeah. cool. So for me, that first encounter with the Necromorph where it looks very dead and you don't know that they do this thing where they play dead and you're just exploring the game for the first time and you're kind of like, well, that one's clearly dead because it hasn't moved and you get closer and it still doesn't move and you're like, okay, it's definitely dead. And then there's something just beyond it that you need and you go to reach to grab for it and then it reanimates and attacks you. That literally made me jump out of my skin. I was playing it as part of my 31 days last year and I was in a hotel room uh, for work and I was playing it on PS3 and I literally screamed so loud. I'm pretty sure the people either side of me were like, what is going on in there? And then I had to pause. I literally had to pause the game after that and recover. recover. I had a drink. I had a walk around the hotel room. I went into the bathroom and then I got back on with the game because that literally, I had no idea it was coming at all. I figured, obviously, it's a scary game, but when you see something that's very clearly dead and you get closer and closer and closer and it still doesn't move, you're just like, okay, well, it's, it's dead. And then to for the developers to make it to the point where it doesn't reanimate until you reach for something, I was just like, nope. And it's just made me not trust any corpses in any games ever again. So uh, all of Resident Evil 2 Remake that I've been playing, I've literally been shooting all the things that are very clearly dead, don't even have heads. I've just been shooting them just in case. Um, I, d- I just don't trust dead bodies in games anymore for that. And I think that's so a good that, way to move. It had to be on the list. Yeah, I think that's that's safe, safe living from that uh, experience. <laughs> but isn't because that's the first time you see the necromorph as well, right? In dead space, you have no introduction to them at all. Nope. Yeah, it's just the world. I've totally forgot about this game. I think mostly just because I pushed it to the back of my mind to never think about again because it does terrify me. Um, yeah, you're right. That bit's horrible. I mean, it's a brilliant horror game. Like, it's yeah. really good for what it does. And I thoroughly enjoyed playing playing it. I felt like it had a decent story. There was enough action. I wasn't just walking around exploring things. It was. It's a really good game. But that, that first jump scare absolutely terrified me in the moment. Like, anything that leaves me having to recover for a moment, it's just like, that is a good jump scare. So it had to be in this list. Yeah, mm. it's just... It captures that feeling. Like, I don't know what it is about that game. Just the necromorphs just like you think oh it's fine because they're dead now and then you're like but they're not are they they're never really dead they're gonna come back they're always gonna come back i hate them (laughs) it's similar i guess and i hate to keep harking back to it but it's similar to the resident evil 4 when you take the heads off and then they turn into those worm things the first time that happens Mm. you're just like oh it's it's okay i've shot his head off and then something comes out and whips you around the face with its tentacles and you're like okay this is not gonna be straightforward is it i'm gonna have to second guess whether i've killed all of them and it's just, yeah, I, it was it was terrifying. There's there's plenty more jump scares in this, but I think that was the one that lasted, like, stayed with me the most because it's just so unexpected. And the the way that it's developed is that they, they just do everything to make you think it's dead until the very last second, and then it just jumps into life. Uh, it's a very clever jump scare, and I don't think I I don't think I can think of a similar one to be honest. No, I keep meaning to try. Um, I, I say I'm going to try it. I want someone that I know play, who plays a uh, horror game. So hint, hint, you two um, to do Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah. oh it's in my it's in my pot, uh, so you may no. well see it. Good, because it's it's. I feel like it's 
got a very similar feeling because uh, I feel like Dead Space really captures that alien feeling of like you're alone on a dead ship and there's things around. Um, but yeah, it's just the big difference here though is that you you can you have weapons and you can kill them in Dead Space in Alien Isolation. You've just got to run and hide. And that's yeah. why I'm not looking forward to playing it. Get an event, you'll be fine. <laughs> I think you'll be puzzled. I don't think I will be. Uh, like around the alien i've never like played it very much myself i think i played it a couple of times at like a friend's house or something but um yeah I, i'd love to watch it i don't know if i could handle it myself but i'd like to watch it hint, hint. i'm sure i will end up playing it I, even if it's not in this 31 games because I've, I've got it yeah and people like seeing me scared so i'd imagine it apparently it's list, a great even if it doesn't get done in october apparently it's a great game i've, I've had like so much good stuff about it as a horror game so um yeah i don't think i was scared watching hobnobbling stream it so i don't think uh, yeah I, i'm not going to cope when i do end up playing it <laughs> cool but yeah dead space is my number three cool um is that our number two yes all right cool so our number two is from uh amnesia the dark descent i don't know if Either of you, I know Nikki, you've played it with me a little bit, yeah. But Dan, have you played Amnesia or any of the Amnesia ones? No, I haven't. But again, that's in my not the dark. I think it's the Dark Descent, the newest one. I think no, the Dark Descent is the first one. Okay, so yeah, that's in my pot because I've got the Amnesia collection. So okay. I've got whatever is in that, but I don't think that that's the, got the latest one. Cool. All right then. So I will try and I, it's not really a spoiler. You will meet this this guy. There is um, a bit in it, and I think it's about an hour into the game. And I feel like it gives you no warning that this is going to happen at all. And you enter a cellar and it's flooded. And as you wade into the water, you hear this kind of growl. And then you see splashes. You can't see anything, but you just see splashes coming towards you in the water. And basically, you just have to run and jump onto the top of a box before it gets to you. Um... And that's pretty much all that this monster is. But I remember the first time that you see it, you just, because I don't know, there's like monsters around that you can see and you're expecting kind of to just be able to run and hide. You kind of learn the mechanic and then it just throws this at you and you don't really know what you're doing. And you just, your instant reaction is to get on top of the box. It feels very, uh, I don't know what it is. It just feels very primal that you're just like instant reaction is get out of the water, mm. get out of the water, get on the box. Um, and I don't know what it is about this monster either. He just, you can't, because you can't see him. You just see the like slow splashes as he walks around. Um, and to get through the area, you pretty much have to keep jumping into the water, running, and then jumping onto the next box before he kind of gets to you. And it just really freaked me out. I think it's because it plays around with that whole thing of when you're in the water, like, or you're dangling your feet in water and you can't quite oh, see it. God. And you yeah. get that weird reaction that you want to pull your feet out because something's going to grab you. And I think that's, and that really scares me. Like I hate anything with any games, with any sharks or anything in the water when you accidentally fall in water and then things eat you. I think even things like Banjo and Kazooie have a shark in them and it freaks me out. Like there's like a level where you fall into the water and a shark randomly will appear and then chase you and like start biting. And it really freaked me out as a kid and it still freaks me out now. So this it's like a horror version of this and you don't even see anything it's just some splashes it really freaks me out i think, I think that's the yeah. problem with water though isn't it because yeah. you see you don't see you can only see 
the level of water, it's really hard to look into the water unless you're looking straight down. So obviously in a game, you can't do that necessarily. And if you can, it puts you at a disadvantage. Mm. And it's just not being able to see what is in that water. That sounds terrifying. I'm looking forward to playing that. Not. <laughs> it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it? Like that's, I think, what it comes down to. You, you hear the noise, you can't see anything, but it, and it's the fact that you can't see what it is. And it's that whole thing of, of that fear of unknown. Like I remember that's why I, I can't play Subnautica. I really struggle. I hate water as well. And I get freaked out about what could be below. And uh, yeah, I completely understand why that would freak you out. I am not a fan. Yeah, I don't think I could do Subnautica. I really want to do the other one, Abzu, which is like the nice version of Subnautica where it's just like a relaxing swimming game. No creepy things or anything chasing me in the water. But yeah, it just it just really... Apparently it's got a name. Um, it's called the... I'm not going to pronounce it well either. It's like the Karanuk, K-A-E-R-N-K. Um, and it's described as a water-dwelling, otherworldly creature that is invisible to the naked eye, but can be detected by the splashes it makes in the water as it walks in a slow, deliberate gait. That's the description <laughs> on its uh, Wikipedia page. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just a weird, weird creature. I do have some facts about it because it is a creature. Um, apparently, um, it is inspired. It was revealed by Thomas Grip in like a documentary that they did. Um, by his favourite childhood movie, Tremors. Tremors is not a childhood movie. It's a great movie, though. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, a, it's kind of childhood, kind of. It's just around the same. It's Kevin Bacon, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, apparently inspired by Tremors. And you can kind of see it, like something underneath. Is oh, gonna... yeah, I just Googled it. Okay, okay I've never yeah. seen this movie, but that's um, that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a really good watch. If I mean, just as an aside, if you haven't seen it and you're listening, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and my other thing that made it a little bit less scary, so this might help you, Dan, when you get to playing it, is that it was nicknamed Lurky by the employees. <laughs> I will remember that. Yeah, it's just Lurky. I might even point and laugh at it. <laughs> Stupid Lurky, just wandering around. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of it for number two. It was just a really creepy moment. Amnesia's full of quite scary moments, and it feels like it was one of the first ones where it's just like, just run away. That's all the options that you have. Yeah, or hide in a cupboard. Yeah, hiding in a cupboard. Oh, no. See, I don't know how I feel about hiding in cupboards in games because I feel like it's a disadvantage most of the time, apart from Dead by Daylight when it helps occasionally. But most because you're trapped in the cupboard, aren't you? If they know you're there, or if if you don't quite time it and you get into the cupboard as they're watching, yeah, then you're like properly trapped. Yeah. Whereas if you can run, you might be able to dodge and duck and dive. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. The problem with amnesia is it was like it made it a part of things where you just have to get in the cupboard. I think quite early on, it's like you're in a corridor and something comes up the corridor and you just have one room and you pretty much just have the only option is to get into that cupboard and wait for it to leave. And it's just, it plays around with that quite a lot. It's just horrible. Yeah. I think they were like... the first cupboard games, weren't they? They were the first hiding horror games, I would say, that did it well. <laughs> the first cupboard games. That sounds like a new <laughs> genre. <laughs> cupboard games. <laughs> Covered game. game sounds like a much nicer thing than I think this is. Like yeah, yeah. stuff away in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> that probably exists on like the Nintendo DS or something. Actually, weirdly, there is a uh, indie game coming out in the next year that is about. I think it's called Unpacking, and it's literally about unpacking boxes and putting oh, stuff that away. That sounds amazing. It looks great, to be fair. <laughs> but um, yeah, cupboard game. Cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. My number two, is that right? Yep, is yep. that where we are? I've chosen a game that I didn't really enjoy that much, which is, sounds a bit <laughs> odd, but the scare that I'm going to talk about had that same kind of dead space impact on me where I had to pause and just take a moment before going back to the game for a number of reasons. And that game is uh, Project Zero or Fatal Frame. Now, I enjoyed this when I started playing it, but as I got more into it, I found it quite quite jarring. The second one is really good, but the first one, not so much. But there's moments in it that are really scary. And basically, I, I don't know if either of you played it. I think I did speak about it in my last one because I was really enjoying it at the time. Yeah, but I, as I, I know of it, but I haven't, I've never yeah. played it. The further I got into it, the, the more frustrated I got with it. And then I played the second one and the second one was really good. But it's this, this there's a, there's a bent neck ghost in it, which is scary mm. enough in itself. And in this particular moment in the game, you kind of know of her and you've seen her about, but your character, I think her name is Miko, has just gone through a room full of dolls. So if you know me <laughs> and you know my feeling about dolls, that was terrifying enough as in its in itself. Nothing happened in that in that room, but I was at 100 in terms of my amp of being scared because it's just this room full of dolls. I'm playing a horror game. I kind of expected something to happen. So I was on edge all the way through. I get out into a very non-sort of scary looking corridor of this Japanese mansion, which we're exploring as part of the game and walk towards a staircase. And this bent neck ghost literally drops from the second floor in front of you in a really unnatural way. And you're, oh. it's just, there's no, again, there's no indication. There's no change in the music. You've just come through this really, well, it was terrifying for me. It probably wasn't for most people, but this really terrifying room full of dolls. And then this ghost, which can actually end the game for you, just drops in front of you in this really creepy way, just out of nowhere. And it just suddenly goes from being very calm and creepy to being very scary and not very nice. And so I kind of needed a moment with that. And so I've, I've chosen that as my number two. But there are there are plenty of moments in this series that could could sort of um, freak you out a little bit because the whole point is using the camera mm. throughout the game. Um, it is a very sort of well thought of series, and the physical copies fetch a good amount of money on certain platforms these days, which means it's obviously highly thought of or very rare, depending on what you're thinking. But I didn't enjoy the whole game the more I got into it. But this particular jump scare just stayed with me mainly because it is a creepy, dark mansion. I've just been dealing with dolls, started to relax a little bit, and then she just drops out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's not okay. And she's got like, I don't know if you've seen The Haunting of Hill, Hill House mm. with the yeah. bent neck lady in that. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of vibe, but very more, much more with the ring horror japanese horror aspect to it as yeah. well so it's like doubly scary as soon as you said that I, I thought of hill house and i just that show is incredible but also gives me nightmares so yeah i can see what that would be terrifying yeah i am picturing the ring girl but just in the bent neck lady pose i think that's that's pretty much spot on steph <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good. i'm glad my horrible vision <laughs> has come true i would recommend if you have the option to play this or either of the two games i've not played the third one so i can't speak about it but um if you have the option to play it, i would give it a go because it's kind of an unusual concept about the way you what you're doing and and the way you're exploring and and the, the fact that your weapon is a camera I, I would give it a go but i also would be hesitant to pay through the nose to get a copy of it so it just depends on whether you've got access to it or not but this jump scare stayed with me for a long time 
I have a feeling that I have played one of the versions, and whichever version was on the Wii U. Um, uh, yes, I can't remember which one it is, but there is a version on the Wii. I think that might be three, actually. Because I, I, be I think three. we played that. Yeah, I think we were together, actually, Nikki, because we mm. did it in like a group thing, and it was a case of, yeah, you use the the Wii pad, the Wiimote pad thing on the Wii U to, like, as your camera, like a big camera, and you just got to keep, like, pointing it around the screen. I'm sat here moving my arms, and I know that you, neither of you can see what I'm doing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was creepy, though. I do remember it being, like, just take a picture of something horrific. And you're like, I don't want to take a picture of it. I don't want to look at it. I want to run away. But mm. no option. Well, I've done um... a quick Google search, and it tells me that it's actually Project Zero 2 which is the better of the uh, two that I played. So I I can't, I don't know how well it would translate to Wii, but I guess like that's actually adds a different aspect to the camera. So that's got, that's kind of cool. I'd imagine it probably fetches stupid money at the moment on Wii though, because those kind of games do. Yeah. Do you still own it, Steph? You should. Uh, I don't, I never shit. owned it, but I still have my Wii U. So maybe I can mm. get a copy. Maybe. On the black market. Yeah. So there's a different version of the game on the Wii U actually. I thought, uh, you, I thought uh, you meant the original Wii, so that's that's uh, that's even better. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that was my number two. It wasn't particularly like I, I mean, I'd imagine people will play that and not be as scared as I, as I was. I think it was just because I was so amped up for the room of dolls beforehand that the contrast of them feeling like everything was fine <laughs> because no none of the dolls moved or attacked me. <laughs> so yeah. then going into this thing where this scary horrific ghost drops down and you probably wouldn't scare everybody else but it did scare me so that was my number two i mean it sounds creepy i'm with you cool nice so we can talk about honorable mentions now now i have a few um i don't know about you guys i don't know about you staff but i've got a couple I've, i had a few in my brain that i i wanted to put in my list but i just couldn't they, the other ones just reign supreme so um staff did you want to talk about yours first sure i've only got two Okay. Um, one of which isn't really... Uh, they're both on Wii, surprisingly. Um, one of which was Shattered Memories, because <laughs> although hell, yeah. we, we have to bring up <laughs> Shattered Memories every time we do this horror podcast, especially with Dylan. Um, But I think it was just a case of, like, early on in the game, whenever the Wii mode starts doing the Silent Hill radio stuff out of the Wii mode in your hand, that was kind of creepy. I think before you get to the realisation that it's a stupid game, um, I think it rings like a telephone as well at one point. I think that's what yeah. got me into playing. I love that you two hate this game so much. <laughs> <laughs> and like she talks out of it and stuff, the little girl. Like it's just the worst thing. Um, you don't want it coming out of that because at the end of the day, if something starts ringing in my hand, if it's like a ghost phone, like I'm throwing that shit. Yeah. And I don't really want to break my windows. Exactly. It's going. And I think as janky as the controls are for a lot of the Wii horror games, that is the one thing that they utilise really well on the Wii is that speaker and the remote because they do it really well in Dead, Dead Space Extraction as well. And it's just, you forget that there's a there's a speaker in it. Yeah. <laughs> You're really not expecting it. You're like, okay, everything's in the TV. I'm safe. It's just TV based. And then something very close to you in your hand starts making noises. And yeah, your first reaction is just to lob it. Um, so yeah, that one. And then also I remember playing uh the Juyong game on the wii which is like the grudge inspired yes, game yeah that was creepy again because i think it was kind of a case of like you had similar to like outlast where you had to have a camera on to see anything and then suddenly the small ghost thing would appear and run at you on the floor in on its all little four legs uh that bit that sounds horrible as well that's one of the games i quite like to play on the wii but again it's it's one that sort of holds its value quite 
well. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> did you own it, Nikki, or how did we get it? Um, so my sister had it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's when we played it, I think. But yeah, those are my two. I have no more. Yeah. So I've actually got seven, so I'm going to swing by these wow. really quickly. Um, number one, the man of Medan, the chase where you're getting chased by a creepy old dead lady. I don't know if you had that, Dan, because there's many different versions of this game. Get that She's horrible. She might do it to you in the future playthrough. Um, in Bioshock, there's a moment where you're at, so Bioshock Infinite, sorry, there's a moment where you're at like a computer and you turn around and there's just this trumpety guy stood behind you, the ones with the big like megaphones on their heads. And he turns around and it's the worst jump scare of my life. Uh, number three, PT, any moment, but mostly when you see Lisa and you answer the telephone. Fuck PT. Absolutely. I'm super terrifying. jealous that you guys have played that. I'm not. I regret it. <laughs> I think I played it in like a group, like a room full of people. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but it was still freaky, even though there were like 10 of us. Mm. So I think that's a testament to that thing. <laughs> Number four, Outlast 2, where I was at the school and I think there was this little girl following me and she was terrifying. Um, yep, no to little girl ghosts. Not yep. that. Agreed. Uh, number five would be Slender Man, the original one I played back in the day when it first came out. Any moment in there, to be honest, just he was really creepy. I know he doesn't stand up now, but um, back then it was just a full nope. Uh, number six is Resident Evil, any Resident Evil with the dogs in the windows. I think it was mostly one and two where the dogs would just throw themselves through the windows. <laughs> that would always make me jump. And uh, finally, a game that I played recently for the 24-hour horror stream, which was Inflicted. Um, one jump scare was when I flushed the toilet. But number two was <laughs> the moment where uh, you have to like hide under the bed. And that's a whole new dynamic to a cupboard. Like a cupboard is kind of okay, but hiding under the bed where you can see feet. I think oh. I like, it was a dark room and then I turned the light on and then I just saw the little girl's feet or the woman's feet. Um, obviously like stood by the bed and at that point i was like fucking hell good game i would say it is a good game but yeah is there, no, um, is there no under the bed moments in outlast 2 because that's quite a big feature of the first outlast oh it probably is actually um i can't really remember i think i think it could be i think in outlast you can hide quite a lot of places but i think the only reason they got a bit more inflicted i think because it was more in like a house setting the house yeah. felt safe and so i think when you're in more of a house that looks like your own and you're hiding under your bed i think when you're hiding under beds and outlast it's kind of like all a bit decrepit and all the bit kind of it doesn't really feel like a bed but that felt like an actual like bed bed if that makes any sense yeah i get what you mean yeah. i get it it's um, a bit more realistic i guess isn't it because yeah. is just i don't know i mean i haven't been to prison or to <laughs> a clinical trial hospital that's kind of actually illegal so I, I I haven't got really any real life reference point where I have been in a house, so I can re relate to that. I think it just it just felt wrong on every level. But yeah, that's my normal mentions. What about yours, Dan? Um, I had four. One of which I've spoken about, and I'm not going to speak about again, just at the risk of turning this into a Resident Evil Four podcast, which wasn't the intention. Um, so my first one is in Layers of Fear. The first time the baby runs across, oh, God, um, yeah. <laughs> because. A, it's a child ghost. I don't like the child ghost. B, I wasn't really expecting it. And C, that game just messes with your head. So to have a baby a baby ghost was not really helpful. I have to say the second time, after the second time I saw it, I soon realized that actually it was quite comical because the baby kind of runs into something and falls over. But the first time I saw it, it absolutely scared the bejeebas out of me. Um, 
my second honourable mention is for Fear, in Fear, the game uh, on PlayStation 3, which I... It was way more first-person shootery than it was a horror game, in my opinion, but the the fact that presence of this this girl ghost all the way through mm-hmm. it is terrifying and often when she appears some kind of violence comes with her so a lot of the time she's she's scary and she's creepy and you get the tension but it's because you're you know something's happening in terms of you're you're about to die <laughs> normally in my case because I'm not very good at games um but there's this one moment where you're climbing up a ladder um which you do in many many games and as you're climbing up the ladder, she literally appears out of nowhere and reaches down the ladder for you. And it's again, it was just that case of being in a complete mindset where like, right, I've got to climb to the top of the ladder and then something's going to happen when I get to the top. Nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't get to go to the top because something happens before you get there and you're just not expecting it. And the way that she does it is super creepy. And she's kind of in a, she's not quite in a little girl form and she's not quite in a fully grown adult form. So it's very ring-esque when she's sort of reaching down to you and you just don't expect it. So that scared the the life out of me and i'm pretty sure in real life if that happened to me i would have let go of the ladder and fallen to my death um <laughs> thankfully that doesn't work in the game um you can you're able to move down so you don't you can't really let go of the ladder which is i was grateful for but that was a really scary moment and my final honorable mention goes to the resident evil 2 remake and this really isn't a jump scare but i think it deserves a, a shout out because it it gets me every time to the point where when i was playing it for the second time on stream during the 24-hour stream I had to verbally say, right, I know this is going to happen, so I need to make sure I don't um, jump. But it's when you're in the Raccoon Police Station and the stairwell to take you up to the second floor. There's a zombie um, behind a window which is boarded up. And it's there. I didn't kill it because I didn't need to. And you have to be good in Resident Evil with your bullets. But obviously, every time you're going upstairs, it it bangs on the window at a certain (laughs) point. And I knew it was there. But literally, the first 10 times I was going up the stairs, I kept forgetting it was going to bang and every time it banged it made me jump and so like later on in the game in the playthrough I was I was literally saying out loud right I know it's there I'm not going to jump I know it's there I'm not going to jump I know it's there I'm not going to jump and I managed to talk myself around and it's really not scary in the grand scheme of that game because there's way more bigger jump scares but it was just the fact that it continuously made me jump (laughs) even though I knew it was there that I felt like it needed a little mention so nice they are my um, four honourable mentions. Cool. I know I only said three, but the other one was Resident Evil 4. <laughs> That's fine. We'll mention it again. Um, cool. So that means we're on to our number one, our joint number one, Nikki. Yes. Do you want this to do the honours? This uh, You should do the honours, considering. Oh, okay. Sure. So our number one is a moment, surprisingly, from uh, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard. Um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. It's fresh in my mind from playing it yesterday morning on the 24-hour stream. On VR, um, might we add, in as well, VR. in the morning. You know what? I feel like in the morning was the best time for it because I was still kind of sleepy and it was very bright outside. I was, And I could just see the sunlight coming through and it wasn't quite as bad as playing it at nighttime and then having to go to bed. Um, but the particular point that we picked was the first time you see uh mia's change and jumping at you from the stairs because it has i think the biggest build-up to that part mm. like i remember i i just again it's like one of those things we were talking about just before where it's like you know it's coming because you're kind of you go upstairs you look around you go into the bathroom you pick up some health stuff and then you kind of got try and get in a door and you can't and then you hear the knocking and you're like okay that's that's creepy I'll just keep kind of wandering around and then like all of the sound stops and you're like great something's coming 
why is there no sound? And then opening that door. And then they even slow you down going down the stairs. Like you would normally walk pretty fast, but they like, they just build everything up. So it's the much. noise as well. Like you yeah. can hear this, this deep, like husky breathing. And I think that's what really got me. Like, so you can just, you look down the stairs and you just see complete darkness and it's a basement, obviously. So that's creepy in itself. And you just hear this kind of like husky, like <laughs> noise. And you're like, I don't want to fucking go down there, but you know you have to. And so I think the first time I ever played that, I think I might have done it in VR as well. Not the first time, but when I did it in VR, I honestly closed my eyes because I, think I did too. And and yeah, fuck that. It's just horrendous. Yeah, that's always a good sign of a scare is when you know you really don't want to go somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and, but you have to. <laughs> I think the clever part about that one as well is you've just come from there, so there's almost this comfort of like. I've just been from here like you because you're kind of almost thinking well this is just where I came from I'm just gonna go check that I didn't miss anything like this can't be the main part because I know this area I've it's literally like down the stairs and into the lit room and also you know that like she's just been dragged up to where you came from so you're just really confused and then you just and then yeah the slow dark bit hits and you're like Mm. great wonderful this is gonna be a great Mm. time and then and she then, jumps and yeah. tries to murder you. You sort of see her for a second as well, like almost crawling very Samara ring grudge-esque oh, no. up the stairs a little bit. And then like within a second, she's like on you. And that's a pretty big jump scare. But yeah, I think I agree. It's almost like the build up, And then obviously the moment you're expecting it, but you don't know exactly when the jump scare is going to happen. It's it's intense. Yeah. I'm, I get the feeling though, having not played it, but only watched you play it, I get the feeling that there's about a thousand different moments that made you jump through that game. <laughs> I mean, I jumped a lot at like just at everything. I was just scared going into rooms and there's just nothing in it. It was just a slightly dark room, especially in VR because and we've spoken about it before, but just the way that you open doors with the VR one is you just have to stick your face right in the door and like look through. And he always opens yeah, it a nice. tiny bit initially and then opens the rest of the way. So you're just kind of like, I don't know. It just builds up for every single time. But yeah, there's mm. so many things. The carpet in VR, like that was pretty creepy. Although I did feel better being in that house than I did in the first house. I'm not sure what it was about that first yeah. little house. I think it's I darker. Think fear of the my unknown. way of my way of dealing with the doors is to overcome that. What I tend to do is smash through the doors. Like I won't creep open or slowly open it. I'll do my best to just like slam through them. So then whatever's, it's almost like, yeah, kind of like a Leroy Jenkins move. Just like, well, if I just like rush through the door, then whatever's in there, I'm going to see within a second. So it'll be fine. That's a good way of dealing with it. I just apparently make lots of noises as I do it. I've noticed. (laughs) I just keep making like, (laughs) are you taking the approach that you might scare whatever's trying to scare you inside first? Is that what you're going for? I think so. I think the the theory is if I'm already making noise, it won't be so sudden when I have to like scream in terror because I don't know. I'm already doing something. There's just some stupid theory there that gets me through. Mm. I think it's a little bit of Leroy esque as well. I think as well, especially with that first bit and that house, is that you kind of go there to rescue her, go there to rescue Nia. And then she talks about, like, daddy, and you're, like, constantly (laughs) waiting for him to appear. And then you're thinking that he's going to be the one that comes out at you. And then it's her. It's just, like, the flip round of... Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
she's almost meant to be like your shining light like she's the the normality the recognizable thing in that world like she should be the comfort for you of like oh it's fine like i've got me and like everyone else is fucking crazy but at least i got her and then when she goes it's like oh well fuck yeah because now i'm alone completely alone and she's trying to kill me and and everything yeah it, like it really it really i think it gets to you you then realize that you are entirely on your on your own yeah, and then I think you both win horror gaming though for playing it on VR because there's lots of things that I'm excited to play on VR, but horror games is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's a uh, it's tough. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do it again. I think we're gonna play yeah. together and see if we can play more of it. Yeah, because we yeah. we're at the same point, right? We've just got to because you yeah. also got to the car bit and then stopped, and I've just finished the car bit. So I think we're gonna team up and try and get through the rest of it at some point. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fair play to you both. <laughs> Strength in numbers. Yeah. So that's that's our number one. Yeah. So my number one is very different and probably a little bit unexpected. Um, but I've chosen this because of the I feel like this was a turning point in my gaming life. Because it was the first like I'll give you I'll give you context in a minute, but basically my number one is the appearance of the T Rex in the first Tomb Raider. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> so I could have chosen actually the first creature that uh, uh, I think is a wolf that appears in Tomb Raider as the biggest jump scare, the most scariest moment in the game. Because up until this point, my sort of gaming experience was we had a Nintendo Entertainment System for like the longest time. But like we had it when it first, like not when it first came out, but probably like five years in the sort of early 90s. And then right right the way through the next generation of consoles, we just had this Nintendo Entertainment System. Now there's tough games on Nintendo Entertainment System. There's sort of more adult games, but there's nothing that's really scary. So I was kind of used to like playing platformers or playing FIFA, which like, again, like that's not really scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then Tomb Raider was the first sort of time I realized that actually games could be scary and there was more to a game than just sort of jumping from platform to platform with loads of cartoons or shooting at things with bullets that look like straight lines. Um, and it just sort of opened up a whole new world to gaming. I can remember the first time sort of just being in awe of the sort of way that Tomb Raider was played anyway because it's the first sort of game that I played in that sort of 3D style really not being a massive PC gamer at all um, and then just literally jumping out my skin the first time the wolf appeared but then getting used to the fact that there were going to be things and that noise that one note that Tomb Raider plays when when there's something scary about to happen or there's something yeah. something dangerous <laughs> about to happen but the T-Rex just threw me a whole another bone of scaredness because I was you get in you walk out into this amazing sort of amazing for the time sort of area where you're in you've been in caves for ages and then you just walk out into this sort of like jungle open air jungle kind of thing with the black sky because they couldn't render the sky properly um <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're just walking around and this massive t-rex just comes out of nowhere and if you're lucky you've got a shotgun if you're not you've just got your pistols and you're like right guaranteed everybody that played that for the first time died at that point the yeah. first time they encountered it because there's just you just not used to the scale and you get the noise and you're expecting it to be like a wolf or something like that and then this massive t-rex comes out and you're like okay how do i deal with this and being i don't know i can't have been that old to be honest i must have been 10 or 11 
playing it for the first time, I think. And I was just like, I I have no experience of this in gaming at all. I do not know how to deal with this. <laughs> and I definitely died about 19 million times before I figured out how to deal with it. But that has to, it had to be my number one because it was the first, first thing yeah. to make me jump in a computer game. Like mm-hmm. it's the only memory I've got of anything making me jump up until that point in a computer game. I was definitely a massive wuss as a kid didn't watch any scary movies or anything like that which is a good thing i think but um i there was nothing you know i I didn't like certain episodes of cartoon series because they were a little bit creepy and this was this was definitely the first game that made me jump so i had to choose that that as my number one yeah now you mention it like i i remember playing this and i remember also being terrified by the t-rex and you're right it is that music and it's quite dark as well it's like a dark environment that you're in it's almost like you're underground i never quite understood how there was a t-rex down there but um it's that sort of feeling of not knowing what's coming and then it's a fucking t-rex it's that feeling of just being like well how is there a t-rex down here i'm worried about ever bumping into a t-rex anywhere even in my real life so (laughs) it just kind of captures that fear and it It does it so well and and funnily enough tomb raider is actually a game that has so many moments that have scared me in in my life especially when i was younger i've spoken about the bear a lot yeah that bear i mean that to be honest that should have probably been in my list um i hated that bear in like the first level <laughs> but also the alien the yeah. alien yeah. the mimic alien thing well it's actually just lara like as like unskinned i don't quite understand what the alien is but there's a lot of creepy moments and the atmosphere is 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 quite unnerving and so tomb raider actually does it really well so i think that's a really great pick actually yeah i i completely forgot about it but you're right i think tomb raider for me was similar for you like as you described dan where it was the first introduction to being scared of something or scared of a video game like i was really scared of tomb raider when i first played it i think i mostly had the second one as a kid but it was just like i wouldn't leave the mansion i was like i'm gonna hang out in the mansion the whole time because anytime i've tried to go out and do any regular sort of mission i run into like a tiger who wants to eat me or horrible bears or t-rexes or boulders like smashing into my face you know what i mean like it and before that it's like i was playing spyro or (laughs) crash bandicoot so it's just yeah it's definitely that first introduction to finding terrible things actually i had the second one and there was a shark level in another section of it again the stupid water fear and just being like, I'm never, I'm never touching this second disc again. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely not my favourite Tomb Raider. I think the second one probably is my favourite Tomb Raider yeah. out of the, the first five. But I think for me, the reason it was so important is because I didn't play it on PlayStation. I played it on PC the first time and I actually beat it on PC and then beat it on the PlayStation later. But I've, li- I'd literally gone from the eight bit graphics of the NES to playing Tomb Raider, and for me, it was just there was so much about it where I was like, hang on, I, I don't. I can't just move forward up and down I can move sideways and and I can walk in that direction I can walk in that direction and I can change direction midair when I'm jumping and it was all it was like a whole world of just going okay so there the computer there is way more to computer games than just shooting mm. and jumping like there's so much more to it um and I didn't even have like any 3D experience so we got a PlayStation later after I'd played that so I hadn't played like Spyro or Croc or anything like that so all my all my computer game experience had been I think some kind of random Sid Meier's spy game which was all like top down really basic graphics but quite entertaining and and then you know like the what we had on the NES which we did have quite a because we got it second hand we did have quite a range of games various different types of games and you know I've been frustrated with video games before particularly the first Metal Gear Solid on the NES which is just 
I found impossible. But this one was the first one where I was like, okay, so this can scare me. I can move in different directions. It's 3D. Yeah. I, I, it yeah. was just mind-blowing for me. It's a really good job that you jumped into Tomb Raider first and not like Silent Hill or Resident Evil 1. <laughs> I was going to say, it accelerated pretty quickly after that as well, because there was like, when I got a PlayStation, I was like, oh, okay, every game scares me, great. <laughs> like, Tomb Raider is scary, and there is a lot of bad atmosphere, but, like, yeah, it, it would have been a nice sort of introduction into it. But saying that, when you mentioned the mansion, I really want to say that, honestly, the mansion scared me. And I know that sounds really stupid, but the mansion was always really quiet, and it always felt really kind of, not abandoned, but really empty and especially when the butler was introduced because I'd often be wandering around the mansion and then I'd often just hear which is the old butler he makes noises as he walks yeah. right he does his little ice like thing and then he makes these like sort of old man noises and sometimes you'd hear him but not know he was there and honestly I shit myself a lot so <laughs> to be honest even the mansion in Tomb Raider can be can be a little bit spooky yeah i think that's why the one the the game the team raider game i can't remember which it is but the one that introduced the um refriger walk-in refrigerator where you yes. can lock, lock the butter in, in was so long. good because it stopped that from happening yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't like him jumping on like jumping out at me because he was just always there yeah well there was also some like really dark areas in the mansion i think there was like a loft yes. area and there was like a really creepy dark staircase and i remember really being freaked out to go up there and like you finally make it up there and think, oh, okay, it's not too bad. There's nothing here. And then you'd hear him uh, behind you and you just <laughs> freak the fuck out. And there's <laughs> no, it's just him. And you'd be like, fine, you're going in the stupid freezer. That's it with you. I mean, the mansion becomes a game in itself in later games, doesn't it? It gets yeah, so advanced that yeah. there's so much going on that it's just a, it's more than just a trainer level. But yeah, that's that was my number one. Nice. That was nice. a really good one. I feel like this has been good lists of terrifying moments. It has. I feel like it's, it's been good. It's always good when there's no crossovers as well. <laughs> yes. I feel much better for it, though. I feel like I've got a lot off my chest. I feel like I can cope with those moments now. I feel like I can proceed past them, not yeah. let them haunt so, me so much. <laughs> Resident Evil 7 VR, then after you finish recording, is it? Oh, God. Um, we'll give Never. Steph a little break. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Soon, though. Time. Soon. Soon, yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been really good. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks, Dan. No worries. It's always a pleasure to talk with you two about computer games. So yeah. thanks very much for having me back on and for giving me a slightly different topic to talk about as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find stuff for scary games because obviously last time oh, we really spoke is. about our like scariest top five like horror games and then it was like, well, what can we do? But I think I think it was good because obviously these moments are the ones that, that stick with us. And uh, obviously yeah. a, a game can be scary, but actually talking about why and what moment it scared us, I think is really interesting. So. I think the scariest thing for about video games that that has come to me recently is actually listening to your creepy pasta episode, <laughs> <laughs> and then dump, jumping down the well that is uh, Ben drowned or whatever it's called. Oh, oh, yes. I was like, oh my gosh, this is traumatic. Oh, Videos, yeah. such a great journey, but horrible. <laughs> right. So, where can everyone find you, Dan, on your socials and podcast and everything? So for my main podcast is Real Life Ghost Stories, which is available on all podcast. What, what, I don't know what that was. Can I try that again, please? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my main Oh, gosh. <laughs> One more time. My main podcast is Real Life Ghost Stories, which can be found on all major podcasting platforms. But I've also got a new little venture that I'd like to promo, if that's okay, called Let Me Introduce Myself, which is a new podcast where it's just me and I sit down and talk to 
various different people about their life stories, which is a couple of episodes deep, which you can also find on all podcast platforms. And if you want to check me out on my social media, I only have one social media and that's Instagram and it's 50p movie club. And you can find me on Twitch on Milo Skibber. I think that's everything. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, we definitely recommend both of your podcasts, yeah. real life ghost stories as well, but also yeah, your new one's really interesting. And yeah, I think it's also good to mention, obviously you're still doing your 31 days of terror and you still have the char- charity link up and everything. Um, Thanks for that. I completely, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just living.com forward slash fundraising forward slash 31 days of terror. If I'm right. Yeah, it's correct. 31 games. Of terror. 31 games. Oh my God. I always say days. It's because I know yeah. you're doing 31 days, but you're also doing 31 games. It's confusing for my brain. I'm sorry. But it's fine. Um, yeah. So definitely check that out and donate if you can. It's for such a good cause. And, and, and if yeah, you obviously... haven't got anything to donate, if you want to just go to calmzone.net and just read up yeah. about what um, the campaign against Living Miserably does, that would be great because when I had a little conversation with them about our fundraising, they were just as keen that people found out more about what they do and who they are. Yeah. So if you haven't got any spare change, then if you can just go to their website and have a little read up about them, that'd be awesome. Definitely. Awesome. Cool. So yeah, if, and if you want to follow us as well and look at our stuff, Steph, where can they find us? everything is on gametill5.com um yeah or you can see me and nikki being spooked out on our twitches which is a leak cat for nikki um and sefi scrub for me yes i mean you also have a patreon as well which we may do some of the resident evil stuff on we're not quite sure yet but we'll keep you updated to where we're going to do our vr stuff when we're brave enough to actually do it but yeah the patreon price is worth it alone to watch them playing the flintstones on NES because <laughs> it's amazing that's a horror game in itself the pure rage <laughs> But yes, so thank everyone for listening and thank you guys for joining us. Thanks. Bye. Bye.